the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. We begin at three minutes after the hour of nine o'clock this morning. On this Thursday, the 24th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2021, coming in just a few minutes early so that we can make the most of our time. We are beginning this morning early because uh, we are welcoming a most distinguished guest, a man who will be holding the first rally of his post-presidency this Saturday in Wellington at the Lorain County Fairgrounds. We're calling it the Save America Rally. And it's my genuine honor to welcome the 45th President of the United States to our program, President Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And thank you for well, coming. thank to, you, Bob. Yeah, sir, thank you for coming to my backyard on Saturday. I live in Lorain County, about 20 minutes from the rally. So if you want to stop by for a burger and a swim at my place while you're in town, you're welcome. You know that, right? Well, be careful. I may do that, but I hope you'll be there. I hear the crowd is going to be very, very large. It's going to, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about a lot of very important subjects. And you've been great, and I appreciate it. You've been so great for a long period of time, and I very much appreciate that. Well, it is my honor to, uh, to defend you against the scurrilous attacks that you faced for four years of trying to make this country great again. It's so incredibly important. In fact, let's, let's talk about that. This rally is being sponsored by Save America, so we're kind of calling it the Save America rally, Mr. President. And just five right. months into the Biden administration, it's really true just how badly we need saving, even after you spent four years making it great again. Well, on the border, all they had to do was nothing. If they went to the beach, they would have been fine, but they didn't do that. They uh, decided to get rid of uh, stay in Mexico and catch and release and all of the different things. It, it's just, you know, we had catch and release finally solved. It was a disaster where you catch somebody and you release them into our country. And I don't know if you know what's going on in terms of some of these caravans coming up and people coming up, but they're emptying out their prisons all over the place, probably long beyond even South America, Latin America. Mm -hmm. They're emptying out prisons. They're letting people come into the country totally unchecked. We have no idea. We had the strongest border. When I had, when I left, we had the strongest border we've ever had by a factor of five. We've never had a border so strong and fair at the same time. You know, not just I'm not just talking about uh, bravado. We had a very, very fair but really strong border. People could come into our country legally. And, you know, we were stopping drugs. We were stopping human trafficking because that goes along with it. Nobody ever talks about that. They talk about the people. But the drugs are pouring in now, just pouring unchecked. And the legal trafficking, usually of and the uh, human trafficking, usually of women, by the way, mostly women. It's a horrible thing, and that's going at a level that nobody's ever seen. It's yeah. a big, big and horrible business. So all of that's happening, and we had it down to a, we had it down to a science better than we've ever done, and now it's worse than it's ever been. It's ever been. It's never well, been this way, 
Mr. And President, it's a very I'm glad, sad thing for our country. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about this. Kamala Harris was put in charge of the border more than three months ago. She has never visited the border to see the problems firsthand. Now you make an announcement that you're going down next <laughs> week to visit, and suddenly she's going to be in El Paso right. on Friday. Just a coincidence, right? Well, I actually told my people, I said, well, you know, one good thing is that uh, she's going to end up having to go there. And as soon as I announced, she went out and announced that she's going there. She wouldn't have been there. Maybe she would have never gone there. And I'm not sure. You know, people, the big question is, can they really like this? Okay. Can they really like this? Can they really want all of these people coming in? Prisons emptied. You know, you're talking about murderers and rapists and and, uh, drug dealers and everything coming in. You, You can somebody really honestly like it because i don't believe they do i think it's incompetence i don't think it's that they want these people pouring in and they cheat on the elections to a level that nobody's ever seen before so they don't need the votes because they cheat so it's uh the whole thing is just absolutely crazy well they may need the votes they may need the votes because they failed you know i wanted to ask you about this uh it's so important election integrity and they tried to push through this hr1 and this s1 this uh, for the people act to federalize the voting to make sure that it would be easy to cheat and all of the states that you know were in which we had election irregularities on november 3rd and questions and quite frankly outright fraud they're shoring up their election integrity and the dems call that voter suppression Mr. President. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, in Michigan, right near you, uh, they have a group of people, a lot of rhinos, and I heard they were investigating the election, and I thought, oh, that's great. That, isn't that great? That's great. They're going to. No, they, they want to suppress people from looking at the election. And you had one area where they had thousands of votes wrong. They went to Biden, so he won this super conservative area by thousands of votes, which was a big percentage, I think 70 percent or something like that. And then it ended up, no, they made a slight mistake. All of those thousands of votes actually should have gone to Trump. I believe that was after the election. They found it and they said, oh, that was just a minor mistake. You know, these people, I'll tell you, the worst are the rhinos and you're the head of your Senate in Michigan I think these people have to be replaced. Michigan is just a disaster. Now, let's go to the good news. Georgia is becoming incredible what they're doing, what they're finding, the level of of what they're finding. Arizona, you know, is under a forensic audit. Yes, sir. It's incredible. Pennsylvania is starting. Wisconsin is starting. The one place, Michigan, they want to suppress. They want to they're trying to frighten people into finding out the real the real thing. And, you know, when you win Ohio, I won Ohio by so much and probably won it by a lot more than people think anyway. But we won it tremendously. Uh, we won Michigan big. We won Michigan big. And they have to do a forensic audit. But your Senate, your Republican senators there, with the exception of some, but your Republican senators and the head of the Senate in Michigan, uh, people should... Look at them very carefully, because I'm going to be. I guarantee you, if we don't get to the bottom of this, voting is what our country is all about. And having a free voting system and fair voting system. And this election was a sham. It was a rigged election. And it's a it's really a sad thing. You know, they use covid in order to rig the election. 
And the weak Republicans allow them to get away with it. It's a shame, actually. It but, was a uh, shame. Other states are doing a great job. But take a look at uh, take a look at. I know you have your eye on it, but take a look at Michigan. What they're doing there? Oh, you better believe it. And it was a shame, and it is devastating to our country for all the reasons we just talked about. And one of the things we have to do is, of course, win back control of the Congress. So I want to ask you about right. that. Since you're in our state, there's two incredibly important races. Can you tell me about the importance of getting Anthony Gonzalez? who was one of just 10 Republicans to vote to impeach you over the incident on January 6th at the Capitol without a shred of due process. Your thoughts on that, and then also there's a large group of Republicans looking to replace Rob Portman in the U.S. Senate. Do you plan to issue an endorsement in that race? So let's talk about uh, Gonzalez first, and then okay. we'll, we'll go to the other, because you do. And you have some very good people running for the Senate. Uh, Gonzalez was a nothing in the Senate, did nothing, wasn't respected in the, in the House, wasn't respected, uh, it had no weight, had no nothing. But every time I'd fly to Ohio, I'd get a call from this guy, my people, could he get on Air Force One? You know, which is very unusual because usually you have congressmen that they don't call to fly on the plane and et cetera. And every time, and I gave him a couple of rides. I met him a few times, very little, but I'd see him. But he was always, oh, could I fly to Ohio on Air Force One? And then could I fly back? And I thought he was really obnoxious, to be honest with you. But what the heck? So we'd let him go on. And then I heard he was impeaching me. I said, well, that can't be the same guy I take back and forth to Ohio. Yeah, he's impeaching. I said, who the hell is this guy? So I did a little checking. He's a, a Zippo in Congress. He He's not a respected guy. And you have somebody running, Max Miller, who has been with me for a long time. He was really incredible in the White House. He helped with rallies, helped with everything. He's a hard worker. Uh, his family is is terrific. They live in the area, as you know, so it's not one of the it's not one of the folks that just happen to move into an area where there's a race that's uh, disputed or a race that's available, mm-hmm. a seat that's available. And, and he is really a fantastic young guy, and I think he'll make a great congressman. What about the Senate side, sir? Rob Portman announced he's not running for re-election. There is a large group, a gentleman named Mike Gibbons, who is a very successful uh, businessman in town. Obviously, you know about um, uh, J.D. Vance has been rumored to run for this. He hasn't officially decided yet. Uh, Josh Mandel, former treasurer here in Ohio, is in that race. Do you plan to issue an endorsement for anybody at any point in time? So you have a lot of good people in that race. The hardest thing for me is when you have the opposite of Gonzalez, we have a lot of good people in a race. That's right. hard. And they're all supportive of me. In fact, uh, the one they say wins is the one that's most supportive, which is always a great honor, right? That they like me in Ohio, and I like Ohio. You know, I used to work in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, it was a great experience. During the summers, we had a, a, a job up there, and it was a really a great experience, and somehow it just stuck. But uh, I'll be making a decision at some point. You know, we have a long way to go. But you do have a lot of good candidates. Uh, you have some that weren't fans of mine early on, and they became good fans of. And I, I don't even say fans of mine; it's called fans of the country, because what we're really doing, if you think about it, is common sense. I mean, how can somebody like open borders? How can somebody like to fund the police? How can somebody like sanctuary cities where you protect criminals? And uh, having all these criminals, and in many cases, because when they empty up their jails, they want to empty their jails into the U.S. How can people be in favor of that? So a lot of it's common sense. But uh, some of the people that weren't necessarily Trump fans are very good now. 
and some were right from the beginning. So I'll uh, well, I'll be making a decision at the right time. I'll be doing that, Bob. Speaking, you like me doing that? I love you doing that, and I love how you said that too. It's not about fans of you; it's fans of the country because that's what you're working that's for. It really, and it's so common true. sense too. It's it's yes, like sir. common sense. How can you? How can people get elected? You know, I've I've thought about this so much. How can pe- people get elected? With a, a stance, you know, they say 50-50, Republican, Democrat. They're against uh, energy independence, right? And they're against the Bible, in my opinion. You know, they're, frankly, they're against God. They, they are, it's so off, their policy is so off, that I really believe the only way they do get elected is to cheat. But, you know, their policy is so far off, Bob, it just doesn't make sense. Well, that's so why they tried to pass that. Decision on the Senate, right? That's why they tried to pass that federalization, uh, you know, voter to oh. takeover act, because they, they, they it makes it easier yeah. to cheat. And that's what they want to do. One more quick question on a race, because, you know, I, I, I know you've you know, you've said some nice things in the past about Governor Mike DeWine. Uh, I think here in Ohio, among conservatives, among in Trump country, we think Mike DeWine has governed more like Andrew Cuomo than Ron DeSantis. Uh, he is. Yeah. You know, and we've got it. We've got a guy like Jim Renacci who has been with you from the beginning. By the way, in fact, he brought me as a guest to your very first State of the Union address, which I was honored to be at. And he's running for governor. Do you plan to issue an endorsement there? And do you have anything you'd like to say about Jim Renacci? Yeah, well, well, I like Jim. I was disappointed that he didn't do better in his last race. To be honest with you, right? That means something. Uh, and I like him. Uh, I don't know if he's, is he officially running? Has he yes, officially sir. He, announced? He made the announcement about two, two and a half weeks ago. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'd certainly look at Jim, but I've, I've had a good relationship with the governor. You know, I was, I think, instrumental in getting him in. He was, two days before the election, he was seven points down, and we held a rally, and he ended up winning by seven points. That was a race that was going to be a very hard race to win. That was Elizabeth Warren's protege if you remember that's right and we ended up uh, we had a great rally in your incredible state and uh, we uh, and mike dewine won and uh so i'm gonna I, i'll be looking at it uh, very short. a lot of people are not talking about that race the race they're talking about is the senate race and the race they're talking about is max miller and you have another uh, congressional race coming up very shortly you know that right Yes, sir. Uh, but, You're going to have I, another race coming. But, but if I may, there's another race that's even more important to the people who, t- who I talk to every day on this radio program and that I hear from. And once I told Go them ahead. that uh, I was going to be able to talk to you today, they said you have to ask them. And so I have to ask you, sir, millions of Americans want you back in 2024. Others want you to run the party from behind the scenes and have someone like a Ron DeSantis as the next GOP nominee. nominee. Others say right. President Trump should run for Congress in Florida and become the speaker. I know a lot can ha- I know a lot can happen in the next three years. Yeah, right? right. A lot can happen in the next three years, sir. But but right now, in June of 2021, where might you be leaning? Well, I'll tell you this. I think you're going to be very happy. Uh, I feel great. We have tremendous support in the polls. I've, I've never had support like I have now. I've never had support like I have now. And in the Republican Party, when you get a 95 and a 96 approval rating. You know, it's great stuff. And uh, I guess a poll came out that uh, they have me running against uh, our vice president, who's uh, going to the border finally after many, many months. (laughs) And they should have done that a long time ago. Should have been our first stop, not our last stop. And they have us way ahead. So I think you're going to be very, very happy. You know, for uh, purposes of campaign violations and everything, you're not allowed to say unless you're going to say. In other words, you have to say you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. And uh, it's uh, there's a big difference. 
So I will be announcing something, and uh, when I announce, you're going to be very happy. I really believe that. I'd love to hear that. Mr. President, I know you're on borrowed time here, so I just want to ask one last question, if I may. Go ahead. When when Facebook and Twitter banned you, and they continued to censor other conservatives, I was livid, particularly when Apple and Google removed Parler from their app stores. Now, my first thought was... I don't want to own my iPhone anymore because of what Apple did. But the other option is is an Android phone, which is owned by by Google. They they have the market cornered. And I, I wonder yep. out loud on these airwaves, is there a billionaire somewhere who could start his own smartphone company and bankrupt Apple and Google? And the first name I thought of was, well, Donald J. Trump. Would you ever consider <laughs> such a venture and, 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 and create the Trump phone? You'll have 75 million people who voted for you will buy one on yeah. day one. I, I I hate these liberal companies that have the market cornered on the smartphone no, I know. Uh, technology. And, and they have their phones made in China, by the way. Just right on. Would you ever about think it, about something like that? Because I know you're th- talking about creating an app and other things to right. to get out I of the am. social media you know, uh, uh, vice that they have you in. But what about your own phone line? So one thing about social media, it's very interesting. I do now press releases, and the New York Times of all media outlets, which is shocking, frankly. They did a story two weeks ago that I'm getting the same. You know, when I put out like a hit on this horrible governor from Arizona or from Georgia or from whoever, or a hit on the people from Michigan that are running it so badly in the Senate that allow that to happen, you know, things to happen that shouldn't have happened. When I put out, I'm getting tremendous by putting out a statement. Now, with that being said, uh, over the next fairly short period of time, I'll be announcing something. And uh, stay tuned uh, during uh, the early part of July because somebody's got to do something with these uh, big tech companies. So watch, just watch what happens in the early part of July, and I'd even speak to you. And we don't have to speak in front of the audience. You can tell this incredible audience that you have exactly what I said. But I think you're going to be very happy because somebody has to take these people on. They're out of control. You know, if you take a guy like Zuckerberg, where he has these lockboxes all over the place, he spends four or five hundred million dollars on lockboxes and they end up being largely some of them, 96, 97 percent for Biden. Okay, Biden doesn't get 97. When he came for a rally, he'd get 12 people and I'd get (laughs) 45,000 people. And by the way, I hear the rally is going to be very, very big. And I hope you're going to be able to be there in Lorraine. I will be yeah, there, sir. You can uh, count on it. Will you be there? I, you have to. I mean, you've been such a friend, and I appreciate it so much with with your audience. It's just an incredible group of people. So I hope that I'll be able to see you at uh, the fairgrounds. You can count on it, forward. sir. I, I, I hear I the be, crowd's going to be tremendous. I will be there early and in the big tent, and I ho- I look forward to seeing you in person. Great. And uh, okay, Mr. make President, sure you come over and say hello. Okay. Thank hey, Bob. You so much, thank sir. you very much, and uh, stay tuned. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Thanks, Trump. Bob. God bless you. President Donald J. Trump, our 45th president, joining us exclusively here on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I will be there. It'll be the second time I get to see him speak in person. As I mentioned to the president, I uh, I was at the State of the Union address, his first State of the Union address. It was uh, a phenomenal experience, and I owe uh, uh, then-Congressman Jim Renacci a great debt for being his guest in that event. Um, all right, uh, we're going to take a time out now. Obviously, we came in a little bit early. We're going to catch up a little bit here. And then I am told we have a man uh, on the line that is instrumental in bringing President Trump here uh, on uh, on Saturday to the Lorraine County Fairgrounds in Wellington. And uh, he is uh, the endorsed candidate for the Ohio 16th 
congressional district race. You heard President Trump talking about Max Miller. We're going to hear from Max Miller next on AM 1420, The Answer. From Detroit down to Houston and New York to L.A. Well, there's pride in every American. Okay, it's 924 now, actually pushing up on 925. Uh, if you just tuned in, you missed the conversation with President Donald J. Trump. We'll rerun that for you at 1035. So uh, just because I know some people didn't hear the news that he was going to be on or they missed it. Uh, but we'll run it after our last guest. We have uh, Dave Ray coming up at 935. We have Dr. Piper at 1010. And then we will uh, rerun the Trump interview at 1035 this morning. But right now I want to go to um, uh, a man that President Trump talked effusively about during our interview. And that is Max Miller, who used to be a White House aide and is very close to the president and has the president's endorsement in the uh, race to primary out Anthony Gonzalez uh, in Ohio 16. Max Miller joins us now on AM 1420 The Answer. Max, good morning. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. Thank you uh, for joining me. And uh, it was so great to be able to talk to your former boss. And uh, how does it feel, Max, to hear him come on, you know, here in Northeast Ohio, people in the 16th District listening, to speak so highly of you and to tell everybody that you're the guy to get Anthony out of there? Look, I'm honored and I'm humbled. But just listening to his voice and everyone who's listening right now, don't you miss that man? I mean, everything he says is just common sense. We need to take that type of attitude and restore that back to the America First agenda in D.C. And that's what you're hearing from President Trump. The guy is as real as it gets. He's unfiltered, but you can tell that he cares, and he cares about everybody. And that's why he's coming back to Ohio, because he cares about everybody here, and he sees that. So I'm excited. I'm honored. And I just genuinely, I, I miss the guy. And I think everyone who's listening right now, Misses him too. So well, you know, every every day we have to listen to Joe Biden mumble through something or another that he doesn't understand or comprehend. Particularly when he he does manage to get out things like you can't have guns as good as the government's because we don't want you to beat the government, which is exactly what the Second Amendment was created for. By the way, every time we have to listen to him, I, you're right. I miss President Trump and his plain speaking truth, you know, to the American people, unfiltered, unvarnished, not always polished, but always honest. But, but Bob, look. President Trump, he's a brilliant man, but beyond that, he gets it. And once again, it's common sense. But the swamp hates common sense. And that's why they hate him so much. And that's why people like Anthony Gonzalez hate him so much. It's because he's embedded in the swamp. He's a part of it. It's nasty. But then you have Donald Trump, who's unfiltered, but he's authentic. And he's the fighter. And we need more fighters like him. And hopefully he he goes again in 24, because we need that man. This country needs him more than ever. And people like me, they're going to push his agenda forward in D.C., Max, I uh, spoke uh, last. Was it, I think it was last week with uh, one of your opponents in this uh, in this primary race, Jonas Schultz, who's another strong conservative just like you. I want to give you a chance to talk about you as a candidate here in sixteen, because like right now, it's hey, we got to get Anthony Gonzalez out. Who can do that? Well, there's the Trump endorsed candidate, but I know you offer a lot more than just a Trump endorsement. Can you tell me what your priorities are, uh, Max Miller? In uh, in you know, if you are elected to Ohio sixteen, yeah, I mean. Bottom line, top three issues. We need to make sure election security is tight and fight H.R. 1 to the death. We need to make sure that our border is secure. And President Trump just spoke about that. The worst month under President Trump's administration, I believe, was 30,000 illegal immigrants across the border. Now what we've seen with Joe Biden, it's 150, 180-plus in just one month, which is absurd. Anthony Gonzalez stabbed his constituents in the back once again when he voted for amnesty for the Farm Bill that he just Mm -hmm. voted on a month ago. 
And then another concern of mine, which should affect everyone in listening, is China. There's a reason why the Chinese have the largest navy in the world. And it's, and it's not just that, you know, they're going to move on Taiwan. And how are we going to react if Russia goes into Ukraine or if Iran continues, you know, to help Hamas in bombarding Israel? These are top-line issues that will affect every single American. I mean, look, under the Trump administration, we were energy independent for four years. We put a stop to endless wars. Now we see gas prices and inflation shooting up. Our country is in a real, real bad spot. And it's going to be people like me who've been in the traps in D.C., who know how to manipulate the system and work these Democrats over and not take a knee to the woke leftist mob and fight back. And it's not going to happen with me. Anthony had no visibility when he walked into Congress of how he was going to act. I have that visibility. I've been battle-tested. I've been in the halls of Congress. I've sat in the meetings with President Trump. I've seen how these people are able to manipulate the system, and it's not going to happen with me or my constituents or the American people. You know, uh, Max Miller, we're talking to Max Miller, who is President Trump's endorsed candidate in Ohio 16 to get Anthony Gonzalez out of there. Um, I've asked almost every Republican who's ever run for Congress since I've been doing this show this question, and that is, if you are elected to Congress, will you consider reaching out to Jim Jordan's Freedom Caucus and become a strong conservative member of that caucus to really do uh, what the American Constitution calls for and what the American people are demanding? Absolutely. I think the world of Congressman Jordan, as I, as I think I said before last time I was on your show, I also think the world of former chief and former Congressman Mark Meadows, two people that I hold very, very highly and look at as mentors. And, you know, I've been able to work with uh, Chief Meadows over the past two years, and he's really been able to mentor me in ways. So to answer your question, absolutely, I will be reaching out. I love that. I love that. The more members we get in that caucus, obviously, the more power we can wield uh, in that Congress. Last thing, Max, you'll be on stage, I assume. Uh, will the president be inviting you up on Saturday in Wellington? I, I never want to speak for the president. I know that I will be on stage uh, before the president. And ah. then, you know, if he invites me up, I, I'd love to go up. But I don't want to ever speak for that man. I know, no, I know no. too much and too better. No, but, I understand. Uh, I, I didn't know, what, I didn't I know if there was an itinerary which, in which it has been announced. But you are going to be on before he actually comes on. That's correct, yeah. Terrific. Well, I look forward to hearing what you have to say to that massive crowd in Lorraine County uh, at the uh, Lorraine County Fairgrounds on Saturday. It's in Wellington. If you don't have your tickets yet, you can get them at events.donaldjtrump.com. I'm looking at it right now. The tickets are free. I expect it to be jam-packed. Max, I look forward to seeing you there as well uh, because uh, I wouldn't miss this for the world. And, uh, And I really appreciate you coming on today as well. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for having me. And anyone, you can see issues in my bio, votemaxmiller.com, and I appreciate your time and hope to see everybody Saturday for President Trump and myself. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Max. God bless. That was votemaxmiller.com, his website. Okay, we talked a lot with President Trump about the border. My friend Dave Ray from the Federation of American uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform is at the border right now in McAllen, Texas. He's watching it all. He's going to join us next on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 937, and now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that came together very, very quickly last night, the interview with uh, President Donald J. Trump that we did last half hour. And again, if you missed it, I'll replay it in an hour at 1035. 
But we had Dave Ray scheduled from the beginning. In fact, about two, three weeks ago, when Dave Ray, my friend from the Federation for American Immigration Reform, doing such great work on behalf of American sovereignty, uh, told me they were going to be at the, at the border in McAllen uh, on uh, uh, June 24th and asked me if I wanted him on. It's kind of a rhetorical question. Are you kidding me? Of course I want Dave Ray on from the border, especially now that we have even new border news. So let's go down to our southern border. Dave Ray, thank you so much. Dave, did I get it right? You, you are in McAllen again, yes? No, actually, we're in oh. a new place. We're in uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona. We were uh, toured the Lad Ranch yesterday. It's a 16,000-acre cattle ranch, fifth generation, right on the U.S.-Mexico border, and he has the border wall running through the entirety of his ranch. So, I mean, this is, this family has dealt with this issue for generations. It was incredibly insightful. We've also spoken to Border Patrol agents, and I'm about to do a border tour with a sheriff after this uh uh, after my talk shows are over. So I've had I've had a real eyeful, Bob. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for the update. I didn't realize where you were going to be. But you are still closer to the middle of the action down there, touring what you are touring, than Kamala Harris is going to be tomorrow when she goes to El Paso. I want to get your thoughts on this. I just asked President Trump about it. You know, she has been resisting going to the border since she was appointed border czar over 90 days ago, over three months ago. She gets into arguments yeah. with, with reporters. I've been there. We've been there. We've been there. We'll go yeah. again. But it took Donald Trump saying he's going to go to the border and report to the people what's going on down there next week for her to suddenly say, I better get my butt down there. So she's going to El Paso tomorrow. David Ray, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, you know, Bob, when you have people like Lester Holt with the mainstream media, which I refer to the mainstream media as basically the communications arm of the Democratic National Committee, when he was shaming her about not going to the border and finally she said, well, I haven't been to Europe yet. I mean, that speaks volumes about how they see this is not a problem. They picked El Paso because it's a snooze fest. Nobody crosses there illegally. It's right in downtown El Paso. If she wanted to see what was really happening, she's been invited to the Lad Ranch. She could have gone and seen how the cartels have cut holes in the border wall and President Biden won't let let it be fixed, how there's equipment sitting there at a million dollars a day on this ranch because... They're not allowed to do any more construction of the border wall. She could go to McAllen. That's really kind of the, you know, McAllen and Brownsville, Texas, at the very tip of the state, that's the closest point in the U.S. to Central America. And that's where people are really streaming in. What we're seeing here in Arizona are more single males, Mexicans coming in, but lots of drugs, lots, which is really seriously scary. A lot of record seizures of fentanyl, record seizures or at least have surpassing last year. Uh, same thing with cocaine. We're seeing uh, all sorts of human trafficking. The Border Patrol just told us yesterday that thus far this year, they've arrested 7,380 criminal aliens in the United States. These folks what? committed drug crimes, sexual assaults, burglaries, regular assaults, DUIs, illegal weapons. I mean, this is, you know, when you don't, control your border, you lose your sovereignty, and you have no idea who's coming in your back door. But you can be certain that some of these folks are going to hurt some of us. And that's not good news for anybody. No, those numbers are staggering. You know, and, you know when, when I was talking to the president a short while ago, um, 
you know, he brought up all of that stuff. People think that when he and we and you at FAIR, you know, oppose mm-hmm. illegal immigration, that it's all about stopping decent people who just want a better life or asylum seekers. He said it's not about those people. It is about the cartels and the gang members and the mules and the coyotes and the drug runners and the traffickers and so on and so yep. forth. They bring danger not just, and this is the other thing, Dave Ray, that we are finding out, uh, not just to those border towns and to those border states, but to but to all of America. They're literally being bussed in the d- dark of night or flown yep. in the dark of night to various points around the country. My daughter, yesterday, she's 19 years old. She was driving from uh, Lorain County, where we live, to Toledo. It's about a 90-minute drive. And she said she saw what she thought was a state trooper in an SUV in the middle of the highway. And she was, oh, you know, like everybody else checks her speed. And then she looks at it when she drives by. And it wasn't a state trooper. It was Border Patrol. She said it was Border Patrol. And she said, I didn't know we had that up here. And I said, honey, sweetheart, we have to have that up here now. Even though we're not on the border, they're sending the problems of the border up to Ohio and up to all of the states. Yeah, every state is a border state, Bob, and that's sad to say. But actually, if you we had a team in McAllen, uh, fair members or fair uh, staff a couple months ago, and they said when they walked into the McAllen airport, it was full of illegal alien families carrying manila envelopes saying, I don't speak any English. Will you please help me get to the plane to Cleveland or to Rochester or to Des Moines or what have you? Mm. Uh, It's no longer catch and release. It's catch and bus or catch and fly. And let me tell you, so what they're trying to do is just remove the optics of the situation. You know, that's why the that's why Kamala Harris wants to run for president. Let's be clear here. And she doesn't want to be strapped with the optics of the, the disaster at the border that she and the secretary of DHS, Mayorkas, have single-handedly created. And think about this, Bob. When Trump finally had all of his uh, assets in place, his agreements with differing countries and building of the border wall and so on, in March of 2020, in April of 2020, there were 17,000 people apprehended coming into the country. By comparison, and according to John Ladd, this happened almost the minute Biden took his hand off the, the Bible when he was sworn in. People have been flocking in at record rates. In May, we intercepted 180,000 illegal aliens. Those are the ones that are caught. Uh, and that is the largest number in 21 years. And the Biden administration can't keep trying to blame Trump for this because this border was so much under control that it wasn't even an issue in the presidential election. But think about this. At this rate, we are going to surpass 1.8 million illegal alien apprehensions in this fiscal year, which will be a new American record and not one we should be proud of. No, not at all. And no end in sight. That's the worst thing. It's not like, you know, we had this mad rush here at the, you know, end of spring, beginning of summer. No, this started, first of all, by the way, right after January 20th. And second of all, there is no end in sight. There's no way, there's no way we can look at this and say, well, the spigot is going to be shut off here sooner rather than later. It's not. We're talking to Dave Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR. He's down uh, on the border in Arizona, actually, this time. Dave, I want to talk about, um, 
what it means that the Biden administration is ridding itself of longtime veteran Border Patrol chiefs. Border Patrol yeah. Chief Rodney Scott has been forced from his position by the Biden administration, according to the Washington Examiner. He's not the first. Robert Perez, Deputy Commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, uh, retired in May last month after a not-so-gentle push from Washington. Mm-hmm. Each of these guys was a veteran of 29 years of law enforcement within their agencies. According to uh, sources the examiner cited, it was Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas who made the final decision to get rid of Scott. Why are they forcing out these veteran agents who actually are terrific at what they do in keeping the the flow of illegal traffic coming across that border, uh, keeping it from, from getting out of control? Simple answer, Bob. These agents who are being thrown out in the streets after all this, all these years serving our country and protecting our people, they believe in the mission of the border patrol. They believe the border should be see, should be sealed. They believe uh, in interior enforcement that illegal aliens should be deported from the interior of the country. These are law law enforcement professionals. They are being kicked out because the Biden administration does not believe in their mission. Kamala Harris has openly said illegal aliens should not be deported. Mayorkas, after he was, uh, you know, uh, appointed and voted on by the Senate to uh, to chair DHS, said to the to the world's illegal alien population, it's not that we don't want you to come; it's that we don't want you to come right now. Well, guess what? They're coming. We're apprehending people from 160 different countries, Bob. Even if Kamala Harris can fly down to Central America and fix it, which is a very tall order because there's lots of problems that have been around a long time in Central America. We have people coming here from all over the world. You know, Joe Biden basically stood on the border and waved the green flag, and now we're going to act like we're surprised that tens of thousands of people are streaming in. We caused this. This is our fault. She tried to, Kamala Harris tried to blame the president of Guatemala for this, and he's like, look, When Joe Biden announced during the very beginning of his administration that children who arrived in the U.S. would no longer be sent back to their parents in Central America, but instead Mm. would be allowed to remain here, he said the streets were full of alien smugglers looking for people wanting to go. Every one of these kids that's coming in has a price tag on their head. They owe the cartels between eight and $12,000. How do you think those kids are going to earn that money, Bob? It's not in their savings account. They're going to end up running drugs and stuff for the cartels. And the other aspect of this that is is really uh, disconcerting is that uh, the cartels are making between 14 and and $20 million a day on human smuggling. Now, at some point, that is going to destabilize the Mexican government. The cartels are already at war with each other over who gets what part of the border. We destabilize Mexico, and we are going to have a problem of of unimaginable consequences streaming across our border. We need to get control of this border. We need to take the profit out of this. We need to let the cartels know that they're not running our immigration policy, that Congress is running the immigration policy. Um, Well, let's talk about who's running the immigration policy. I was about to ask you, uh, when you finished that that last part, uh, Dave Ray, uh, what we have to look forward to here, because it looks as though it's three and a half more years of this, at least until yeah. 2024, when Biden is is his term is up. 
I know a lot of people are hoping that a lot of the problems that he has created get fixed in 2022, just a year and a half from now in the midterm elections. But it seems as though all of the policies with respect to the border and sovereignty and, and, and asylum and all the rest are coming from the executive branch. Is there anything that, that we can expect if the Republicans regain control of the House and or the Senate that would change? Well, uh, you know, what good is passing legislation when he won't when uh, Biden won't sign it? What good? I mean, we have all the laws on the books that we need. We just have an administration that has zero interest in immigration enforcement. And that's sad. And so what there's going to need to be is a regime change, (laughs) you know, in 2024. But, uh, you know, certainly taking back uh, the House and the Senate. Uh, would put the brakes on some of the nominations they're trying to push through. But, I mean, really, our, our biggest message right now is to Mayorkas, and is that Mayorkas has to go because he has completely, he is 100% responsible for the chaos. And, and he was responsible for yesterday's firing of a great uh, Border Patrol chief. And uh, he needs to go, and they need to put somebody in there who will at least make some effort to enforce the laws that were passed by previous Congresses. David Ray from the Federation for American Immigration Reform laying it out for us, uh, and it's a shame that we do have to think about it in those terms, but we do. It's, yeah. it's going to take a full regime change, uh, or either that or a very aggressive Republican Congress that tries to check what is going on in that uh, executive branch. Uh, Dave, thank yep. you so much for being there. You All bet, of the friend. great freedom fighters and, and national defenders at the Federation for American Immigration Reform. I know you guys make multiple visits every year down to the border, obviously in different locations, to really get a handle on what's going on so that when you speak on it you speak from a position of experience and authority and we certainly appreciate that thank you sir you have a great day thank you dave god bless that's dave ray from the federation for american immigration reform follow them at fairus.org first of all that's their website there's a ton and i mean a ton of information about what's really going on on our southern border from people who know because they're there unlike kamala harris or joe biden They're at the border, and they're there regularly, and they know what's going on. They're getting direct reports from the front lines along the border. Learn from these people. Read their content at fairus.org. That's fairus.org. And while you're there, you might as well donate because uh, they operate as a uh, charitable organization, and they need all of the help they can get. All right, 9.51, right back after this. Okay, 9.55, short segment here uh, toward the top of the hour. If you just tuned in today and you did not know that we had an exclusive interview with the President of the United States, actually the 45th President of the United States, uh, we had that at uh, 9.03 this morning, and I will replay it for you at 10.35 for the last half hour of the show. For those who missed it, it is coming up. You do not want to miss that it will of course also be on our podcast page sooner rather than later at whkradio.com jason calling from cleveland let's talk about this immigration issue hey jason go ahead sir hey um yeah i got a question for you here's my biggest concern we've been talking about immigration forever okay and and biden and harris they got their wish and uh, and all that crazy stuff 
But what's going to prevent in four years to have the same thing? I mean, you know, 80 million people voted for Trump. And we could say whether well, there's an election fraud or not. But what's going to prevent them from doing it again? I mean, this social agenda is like a freight train. And it's moving in a great steam. And, and it's like, you know, I don't think our voters have the ability to even stop it, you know? And I think the, the, uh, the judges and all that stuff, they can't stop it either. So how do, if we're going to vote, how are we going to vote and know that it's actually true to stop immigration or, or uh, any of the other crazy things that the socialists want to do? So basically, your question is more about the voting process than it is about immigration. Yeah, right to second, but I mean, yeah. but we can't even vote. Our Republicans aren't going to vote for us. So the American people, how are we going to, we get a vote. Okay. We get one vote. So we say, all right, look at Texas, Arizona. They're having these problems for years. Um, and it, even though we vote for it, it doesn't seem like anything happened. You know, so what are we going to do? Well, I, 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 I guess I don't agree uh, entirely, and the reason why is because of what the president was just telling me. You know, looking at the numbers, you know, we had the lowest number of uh, border crossers um, during his term that we have had in, in any previous year by a factor of five. He said multiplied by a factor of five. Um, because we had a policies- good president. We did. And so that's the bottom line here. You know, when he, when he, you know, needed to get things done, he got things done, even with the Democrat Congress. He got funding for the wall. He got funding for more, more border patrol agents. He negotiated the deal with Mexico to remain in Mexico while asylum seekers wait for their uh, cases to be heard. So it's not necessarily that our votes don't count and our vote, our Republicans in Congress aren't voting to support these policies. They did. It's just that those policies are not on the table now. Because, A, the Democrats control both the, the, the House and the Senate, and, of course, Joe Biden up there would veto anything that would bring any sort of control to the border now. So it's not that, you know, right. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a matter of our, our, our representatives not voting to support those who voted for, voted for them. I just think that we have, you know, we have to wait it out. Elections have consequences. As we say, every election cycle, and right now, we're suffering the consequences yeah, so of Joe Biden being in got, office. It, yeah, it's got serious consequences. And if we no got question. another four more years, well, three more years now, but if we have another four more years of that, I mean, you're looking at, as, as the caller before, the gentleman before, we're talking, we're looking at an economic disaster. You know? Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. But, but, again, here, but again, here's the thing. When, when Obama won in 2008, as you know, the nation responded with the Tea Party in 2010. And they put a massive majority in the House, and much of Obama's second uh, two years, and really his second term, was, you know, his agenda was quashed because the Republicans came in and blocked the most damaging, dangerous, radical stuff that he wanted to do. Then, of course, when Donald Trump came in, you know, the Democrat, and then the Democrats won control in the midterm elections, then they started blocking things that Trump wanted to do. That's the nature sure. of the beast. And so my hope here is that even if we have just two more years after the 2022 midterms of Biden, or if we have six more years, including four of Harris or whoever else they run, whomever else they run, we need to keep control, at least of the House, if not both sides, in order to limit the damage they can do. And that's uh, and that's what we have to do right now. Our All of our eggs should right. be in the congressional basket in 2022. We made huge strides last year. We, well, we made huge strides last year, as you know. We won some 15 seats, or turned it around by some 15 seats, uh, and uh, and we're at a 50-50 deadlock in the Senate. So it's not like we have some massive ground to make up here. It's a very, very small order for us to say we now control the House and the Senate, and I think we can do it. 
Well, I hope so. I just don't want to see another, you know, voter fraud or God forbid, because, you know, they're getting more and more sophisticated with all this computer stuff. And, and if it truly happened, I mean, that is the most biggest fraud in American history. And the next election is really going to be a telltale sign if well, we, we have a democracy or not. It's not if it did happen. It's not if it happened. It did happen. And, yes, it is the biggest fraud in American history, political or otherwise. Thanks for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. It's 10 o'clock. We're going to get a timeout. We'll get the news. We'll come back. Dr. Everett Piper will join us on